Hello, Namaste. I welcome you all to the 40th session of Guru Bhoda with Dr. M.B. Guruja sir. I am Dr. Janardana Vihebar. Guruja sir has been uh, kind enough to share a lot of treatment procedures, especially with refer to psoriasis. And Brother Dantapala has been one of the common uh, factor in many of the psoriasis cases that he has treated. Guruja sir, uh, can Brother Dantapala or Sri Kutaja be applied on scalp in case of scalp psoriasis, sir? Definitely, it can be applied to any sort of psoriasis. It may be cadet psoriasis or it may be flexural psoriasis or plague psoriasis, what it may be. All sort of psoriasis, including the palmoplantar psoriasis, scalp psoriasis, it can be applied because this three kutaja or brahadantapala what is present in that, it's basically a drug which slows down the keratolysis. That is the reason we use them. So, uh, this brahadantapala thaila again contains the raitya tinctoria only, sir? Or is yes. there any difference between the 777? Usually, usually, both contain raitya tinctoria or raitya tomentosa. But the basic idea behind combining the two is, is uh, particularly, it's a Banu Paka Thaila method that is usually prepared. And I have observed that if one company oil, if I apply, uh, many a times I didn't get a result of convincingly. So I started using a combined oil from both the, both the companies, uh, two different companies. Then definitely the result was much better. So based on that, usually I combine with uh, Srikudya Thaila to either Surya oil or Pradantapala Thaila or Vinsoria oil or Kutisora oil or something like that. So two company oils I'll usually combine because it gives a, a new combination of a wide range of uh, Raitya Tomentosa Raitya Tinctoria, which is being used in two different places and the combining may be giving a synergetic effect. Yeah, thank you, sir. And whenever going to the next topic, whenever the Ayurvedic medicines are discussed, whether it can be a chavamprash or narsimha rasayana, etc., the sugar content in them always gets questioned. Like, why they were using sugar? You know, I mean, is it not harmful to health? And what does the modern pharmaceutical companies do with those sugars? So, first of all, the ancient uh, acharyas were using the candy sugar that is sita that was not processed with chemicals so th those was used in those periods and that type of sugar is also available nowadays also albeit a bit costlier so question to guraja sir is like why sugar is there in chavamprash or narasimharasana etc ayurvedic products what role do they play sir see all the leha preparations do contain sugar are jaggery because in a particular concentration, they themselves act as a preservative as well as it will give a taste or improvise the palatability of the preparation. For those two things, it is usually given. And uh, people just thinking that the sugar is bad. It is not sugar is bad. The excess sugar is bad. So if you are completely keeping your sugar level within the required range, then sugar is not uh, bad. And those who think, uh, oh, sugar, sugar is poison and uh, deadly and all those things, don't take any sort of sugar and you will be no more by the next day. And that is a, a, a severity you can understand. Or the trouble or the things which will come out, I mean hypoglycemia or something like that, what will happen, you will come to know. What is the importance of sugar? Sugar is a must to everyone because 
sugar or carbohydrate is the one which on which our brain cells thrive so uh, is there thinking or is, uh, just uh, labeling the sugar as a bad one it may not be a right type of thing of course your concern is for more sugar and the chemicals which are used for preparing the sugar at present day that i do agree if you are concerned about that part then definitely you can go with the kandasita or sita which is uh, not treated with all these chemicals comparatively but it is once again the question arises is the production and the costliest I mean, um, uh, product will become more costlier compared to the others if you keep all the drugs in the preparation or the yoga as per the natural I and mean, the original composition itself many times our preparations will cost too much for example mahamashtaila when all the ingredients are put into that and it is prepared it becomes much costlier so what they'll do is avoid certain costly items from that and they'll prepare lagu mashataila or mashataila something like that then it becomes cheaper see such type of violation or a deviation may not be a right kind of one when your interest is for getting the proper result so just simply blaming on sugar may not be a right kind of thing sugar has its own role but it should be keeping it in a particular range it is our responsibility that we should take care of that and in any laya preparation sugar will give the clear cut um, finishing to the product as well as improves the palatability and it itself acts as a preservative for these three reasons usually sugars are used in laya paka moving on to the next question this is regarding the ashoka rishtam the ashoka rishtam the main herb is uh, ashoka and if the the word derivation is that ashoka ashoka means depressed mood and ashoka means it relieves the depressed mood and uh, the question is like can ashoka rishtam be given to help with pms symptoms and also for anger frustration etc that is usually uh, present in the peri- perimenopausal period sir definitely during a perimenopausal period ashoka lodra patanga these are the three important drugs which are required for our disposal also and also along with that shadavari to do to some extent and estimadu if these drugs are good combined if you getting it and definitely it will help to overcome the all the higher mental disturbances which are usually due to many reasons of hormonal fluctuation inside the body what is the usually it's going through the, the phase of uh, perimenopausal phase and definitely uh, we need to we uh, it is one of the important drug ashoka patanga and lodra shatavari these are very good and very important to overcome mood swings as well as hot flashes and even the um, balancing of the hormones and all so many things even the depressive mood and depression everything can be overtaken by these things but when it comes to question of using this drug only for the purpose of uh, in case of depression this may not be a right kind of drug there are better drugs used in the depression so by, when the causative factors for those type of depression is something different and here it is influenced by the disturbance or the variance in the hormones so in this type of uh, variance or disturbance or low of the hormones at particular age of a woman in that condition it is better if any associated shoka avastha or depression or bad mood or mood swings are there 
then in that condition to curtail those things or to keep it under control we can use ashoka rishta or even lodrasava patangasava all these are good and also going to through the shloka of the this one usual thing that we remember with ashoka rishtam is that it is useful in say asrugdara or uh, heavy periods or menorrhagia and it says masadu urdvam chapitvenam asrugdara rujam jayet so it's useful clearly in uh, uh, menorrhagia and heavy periods and related uh, abdominal pain jwaram cha rakta pitta arsha mandagnitvam arochakam so it's also useful in mandagni rakta pitta arsha bleeding disorders bleeding hemorrhoids may have diabetes esophageal uh, inflammatory disorders aruchi uh, and uh, so uh, all those things so it contains a little bit of spices in the form of uh, musta shunti even ajaji uh, etc but it also contains certain kashaya rasa pradhana dravyas is it sir like daru haritra haritaki amrasti or mango seed even ashoka is also a very good styptic so a healthy co- combination of spices and astringency sir see definitely it is not only spices but when we compare i mean when we look at the combination of any yoga ultimately whichever is the strongest drug or a potent drug in the combination and what is the quantity it present so when you uh, look at these things the maximum thing is guda 9.6 kg then ashoka so it is in between madura to astringent in that angle it will be working and this madura and astringent madura and kashaya both will be acting on pitta reduction of pitta and thereby it reduces the flow asrigdara and even the ruja it will be suppressed but according to the shloka or the falashruti one of the indication is acharyas said meha but keep it in the present situation this meha cannot be taken as a diabetes or prameha i mean it is kafaja meha or pittaja meha it cannot be vataja meha where there is it is almost totally converted into a madhumeha present thing and the patient is having blood sugar as well as increased urine sugar in that condition it is not ideal or convenient to use ashokarista so otherwise it can be used yeah thank you there sir and there's a question like how to give those four herbs probably this is related to uh, you know ashoka patanga lodra etc uh, probably using them with the ready made traditional uh, ayurvedic formulations like ashoka probably best way to give ashoka is ashoka rishtam and for lodra we have lodra sava patanga is again uh, is having patanga sava etc sir see there is a ideal one where we have easily these drugs and combinations are readily available in the market but the europe and american issues they got their own problems they are not every drug or combination yoga which is available in india is readily available there so it is better if you are want to do it then you can go with simply if a patient is not diabetic and this particular condition is there then you can use equal quantity of ashoka patanga and shatavari uh, and as well as even uh, lodra and certain portion of guda prepare your own kashaya add guda and then filter it then give it to the patient or make it something like that that can be used in 
readily in Europe and uh, American continent where you cannot get uh, easily these um, prepared yogas or maybe in the form of uh, alcoholic beverages or something like that as asavaristas what we call and even sometimes maybe not available of these um, mercury related nanoparticles of fire whether it is rasa or herbal mineral drugs so it is better you can go, go for a straight away single drugs or herbs and these herbs may make a combine a fine powder you can give it with honey also to some extent better you can avoid it prepare a kashaya and give with uh, jaggery it will be a very ideal one i i see that in, in at least in us the question is coming from us ashoka rishtam is available with kotakal darshop but uh, lodrasava and all might not be available and uh, somebody has asked for what's the ratio of uh, the ratio and best formulation yeah best formulation is that all herbs in equal quantity as explained by guruja sir and in what dose regular dose of kashaya is even if you prepare by yourself it is uh, between 24 to 48 ml sir yeah definitely because uh, when, uh, the dose of, uh, of any medicine usually depends on various parameters body weight of the patient agni bala of the patient roga bala of the patient season as well as even the condition for example if a patient is suffering from pms as well as there is a severe uh, bleeding then you may need, may need to give uh, medicine muhur muhu repeatedly you have to give till the uh, target is achieved then in that time the quantity of the medicine dose will increase otherwise in an ideal condition as generally for what kashaya dosage it is there 20 ml to 40 ml somewhere around that age you can use it yeah and uh, as ayurveda practitioners you know first thing to do is like uh, panchavida kashaya kalpana and then avaleha all these things by have the doses get to know the normal dose churna vati tablet etc and then based on the condition weight of the patient condition of the patient extent of disease etc alter the dose so that is the basic thing to uh, do and uh, moving on to the next topic it is one of the very uh, kind of a rare thing where you know many of the ancient ayurveda masters gathered and discussed on one topic and each of those uh, masters uh, you know put forth their own opinion on the number of tastes and finally it was concluded that there is only so so many number of tastes so as uh, as dravagana student back in 99 2000 i enjoyed guruji sir's narration of this and i wanted to share that uh, enjoyment with the fellow ayurveda students so guruji sir can you please elucidate this topic for us please see bhadrakapya is uh, these things usually present is in entire discourse or the dialogue in the presentation whatever is there it's available in the 26th chapter of sutrastana charaka samhita atreya bhadrakapya adhyaya in that very clearly number of rasa has been decided so in front of uh, master atreya his disciples started uh, keeping their views the first one was to keep his bhadrakapya and he said rasa is nothing but jala no other taste it is straight away jala which is subjected um, one which is identified by the tongue so it is nothing but jala mahabhuta and jala then came the second version that is shakuntala uh, brahmana he said uh, two types that is chedaniya and upashamaniya 
and one is uh, emaciating or scraping type of thing another one is nourishing or palliating type of thing then came the third version that is purnaksha mautgalya he says chedaniya upashamaniya and sadharana something like that then the fourth variety came by <coughs> i think hiranyaksha uh, kaushika he kept um, as a swaduhita and aswaduhita swaduhita and aswaduhita unpalatable and unwholesome palatable and wholesome palatable unwholesome like that palatable and unwholesome these the varieties the combinations they have explained then came a variety by kumarshila bharadwaja he is kept based on the panchama bhutas like parthiva apya tejasa vayuvya and akashiya elements based on that rasa has been classified then came the sixth variety we all thought everybody that the sixth variety is right and it will be very good one and that is what we learned to learn but it is been kept forth by the sage vayorvid he is said once again based on the gunas guru lagu shita ushna stigda ruksha based on that the rasas have been explained then came the seventh variety it is by nimi wherein the regularly accepted madura amla lavana kartikta kashaya is there but along with that kshara has been added and made as seventh one then comes the eighth variety that is the badisha dhamargava so he said that there are as seven quoted by nimi same thing along with that one avyakta also added by him that is something which is imperceivable or not perceived one or it is cannot be totally perceived so these are the eight varieties then came the last one the kankayana he suggested there are innumerable number there is a very dictionary or what you call total group of drugs are the number of drugs so definitely there will be n number of rasas in that so ultimately when everybody presented their thing then punarvasu atreya very politely discarded each and every theory put forth by all these fellows stating what is the reason for that and ultimately establish there are only shadeva rasaha there are only six rasas and they are madura amla lavana kadutikta kashaya so that uh, these are the things we need to understand and acharya uh, explained this is the explanation what is uh, there is only one uh, rasa that is nothing but water and jalama bhuta it cannot be source and taste one which is originated from this uh, source cannot become the same so that's why this first um, uh, put forth by the matreya bhadrakapya has been dislodged or uh, rejected then chedana and upashamana are the nourishment two types of aksha actions or karmas it cannot be rasa rasa is one which is perceived by the tongue so based on this parameter these two theories theory also removed are uh, kept aside then very clearly they said sadharana is also not a type of rasa which cannot be so that's why the third variety is also kept out then comes the fourth variety swaduhita and swaduhita swadu is acceptable but hita and ahita are these type of things are that is the effect once again on the body it cannot be rasa so hence the four types of rasa theory is also been rejected and it becomes invalid then comes the fifth variety very clearly said this panchama bhutas cannot become the no totally the rasa rasa may be influenced by the panchama bhuta but exactly panchama bhuta itself cannot become rasa so that cannot be taken as a valid thing similarly the lagu guru and these type of gunas they are basically gunas and they are not the rasa rasa is something which is perceived by the tongue whereas ruksha 
um, and um, snigdha all these are not pursued by the time they are sparshagamya so it cannot be taken as rasa so it cannot be so hence even that point is also rejected then comes the hence sixth is rasas based on the qualities invalid that's what they said and ultimately the seventh variety they added by the kshara and all those things because they said the kshara is a combination of many uh, tastes it cannot be a single taste and kshara itself is a physical effect it is not the taste so it cannot be uh, concluded and taken and accepted as rasa hence that theory is also rejected then comes the next variety avyakta in that they said once again avyakta imperceptibility of taste is affected only in jalam abhuta water element it happens the taste is hidden and deep in the substances but when something is not at all uh, exhibited totally or not at all uh, exhibited then it cannot be considered as a rasa directly rasa is one which is pursued directly by the tongue so it should not be an inference uh, something which is accepted after the beyond the purview of the uh, tongue so it cannot be taken so that's why it is also rejected and aparimita sankhya what konkayan has said that is also been rejected so you cannot have a aparimita it only six and they are madura angalavana kadukitta kashaya so these are all the six varieties of uh, rasas which is directly perceived by the tongue and in a very specific differentiation these are accepted i mean identified or perceived hence it can be taken but in modern medicine they feel that there are only four type of uh, taste buds so we will have only four particularly the pungent and the astringent these two cannot be a taste and there are the local effect they say that so it is up to them and ultimately they are also started accepting that these are also the effect is also a type of rasa but there are a little bit of uh, controversy or something like that but otherwise the, um, these are the six rasas which is accepted in ayurveda and uh, uh, so it is a wonderful thing that they have uh, Acharya has included in the Charaka Samhita that you know many Ayurveda ex- experts from very different places came together and made such a conference and picked up one particular topic and discussed from all possible angles and decided on the number of rasas and and going with that uh, the Swadhu Hita Swadhu Ahita personally likable or not likable so wh- one is that the tastes were presented by some acharyas as if it is a personal choice whether somebody likes it or not or some people went directly into the gunas like lagu guru ushna shita etc directly into a, a pharmacological explanation which is a quality of the a quality of the herb rather than uh, rather than particular taste so ultimately there the atre lord punaru goes on to explain each taste its qualities uh, and so on and so forth so taste in ayurveda is both uh, a matter of uh, uh, perception and also as as a tool it is explained uh, or used to explain particular pharmacological actions also right sir because tikta is explained as uh, uh, joragna or madura is explained as ahlada janana and so on and so forth definitely based on the first line of parameter only very clearly they said all the six types of rasas are broadly classified into shamaka rasa and kopaka rasas very clearly which is going to improve the or increase the particular doshas or which is going to suppress the particular doshas so very clearly they when they are able to influence the doshas to some extent of getting increased or decreased 
and definitely they will influence even on the disease parameters so they they too have their own uh, effects and they produce uh, the nullifying effect on the diseases hence uh, it is accepted by the acharyas and they have used it and even practically we see them when we use a particular type of uh, thing it will be very easily we can understand for example if a patient is having a lot of burping and even burning sensation or acidic erections then acidic erections and these type of things are there then if you give tikta dravya very clearly bitter principle which is going to give you a lot of soothing effect so that is the reason we use many a times sariva and chandana these type of drugs in the kiratikta bhunimba such type of drugs are used even in acidity hyperacidity because it reduces the vidakta pitta and turns vidakta into a normal one so that is the reason very typically acharyas have mentioned what the virtuosa is going to nullify which diseases and of course how far it is going to suppress or bring in alternation in the doshas so definitely they have got their influence over the diseases based on that only acharyas have used in given directions what to use what not to be used for budding ayurveda doctors who who find it very difficult to uh, do the amshamsha kalpana or to pick right medicines uh, and all uh, probably at least to start with based on the doshas and relating or matching that with particular taste i'm not saying that it is the best strategy at least it can be one of the strategies to get accustomed to varieties of herbs and medicines so list all the herbs that you know and classify them based on tastes and start using them so this can be a starting point in uh, learning the art of prescription sir see that is only one part of it it is cannot be totally taken as it is because many times our treatment uh, protocol or modality won't dip, depend only on the rasa it depends on many other factors we know that there are saptapadarthas in dravya and each and everything has its own contribution in the manifestation of the various karmas exhibited by these drugs so when such situation is there we cannot simply say that by just by the simple rasas we can uh, achieve a treatment of course but it can be one of the protocol or one of the criteria in the protocol uh, while designing a chikitsa krama uh, we can utilize those things that's the reason ayurveda very clearly mentioned classification of drugs based on the rasa into many skandhas six rasas have been kept into six skandhas that is madhura skandha kashaya skandha lavana skandha katuskanda like that and they have included the drugs into those groups so which give very clearly gives an idea to us that which are the drugs with prominent taste in them and how far we can use them based on the um, rasa and very typically in a drug if a rasa is in a dominant format and which is capable of influencing the doshas then only that can be used otherwise if in a drug for example it's a vidya is a very strong one and it's a guna is a strong one it will overtake the action of rasa and will bring the action of it's according to its qualities so if a drug has capability of producing an effect or nullifying the other factors of the dravya and exhibits or brings about the karma which is desired as per the lines of the rasa particular rasa then we can say that is used by the mean that type of things can be used according to based on rasa but not always in every case thank you there sir and there's a question here and it, it's an interesting one so craving for sugary foods is quite common among the people sweet tasting foods are mostly used as comforting foods what's your view on this and how to 
overcome this craving so i was i was uh, reading a, a book on diet and they explain like why we crave for sweet foods oily rich fried food stuffs salty uh, salty foods are also craved so when when our uh, forefathers were hunters and gatherers so these sweet rich foods or these salt uh, salty spicy foods were very rare and even the oily and fat rich foods were very rare and they were you know salt was able to uh, store some amount of fluids in our body because we the hunters and gatherers were not knowing when they are going to get the next uh, next meal so body itself were craving so that they can store sufficient amount of fluids within them so salts were craved for oils and fats uh, and uh, proteins uh, like non vegetarian and what not so they are the sources sources of uh, nutrition which can be stored in the body and that can be converted into energy at any time so that was the point of origin of why we started craving for certain types of foods even the sweet tasting foods also like sugarcane rice and etc so we crave it so that it gives us instant boost of energy which was required when we were like hunters and gatherers and even in, in, if you go to our grandparents level they were very hard working and all but now we are in a very difficult situation where we are sitting in air conditioned rooms uh, most of our work uh, revolves around sitting uh, in front of computer or we we clearly are not as physically active as our forefathers but the craving is is there uh, still around and causing a lot of problems sir see basically craving for anything is a mental condition and it is purely responsible by that person he develops that because we have many many people they are having a different type of cravings not always for the madhur rasa i have seen so many people uh, craving for very pungent foods and uh, even i had one my friend fellow friend who never used to take madhur rasa he doesn't like madhur rasa but he used to take a lot of uh, pungent so like that there are people who can take depend upon those things see if, for example if somebody if i say Uh, you can uh, do sambar something like that without using uh, tomatoes they will be astonished they say without tomato how can we make sambar because they don't know what are the other sources which also yields the amla rasa using a tamarind or a nimbu also can be made into a something like that or amchur can be used as an alternative thing how it can be made because people are not knowing and they are knowing only one variety things and accordingly they consume those things and they develop an affiliation towards that and that affiliation sometimes it is so that if you go to andhra pradesh and telangana these areas of india where people consume even in the north karnataka lot lot of spicy items their spices comparably double the dose of what we southern indians other people we consume similarly when a non vegetarian diet will usually has more garam masala and asadal so when a people are having a fantasy and to eat those are things definitely they'll crave for those materials and if you observe usually the children they have a little bit of more cravings towards the madhur rasa dravyas rather than others and, and, and another thing regarding uh, craving is that uh, like rightly you said uh, uh, and sadguru once said that most of the problems 
uh, that in a current period generation has, has is kind of a fashionable problem oh i have a craving for particular type of cake or soda or i cannot live without netflix so uh, i mean this is more as much as this is related to food this is also very much related to uh, the mind and probably uh, one of the ways to avoid or prevent from craving is to be very watchful of what type of food that we are eating on a daily basis uh, and ideally we should be eating the taste from all uh, all the six tastes rather than sticking to only one particular taste and being watchful and avoiding wherever we we're feeling that one type of foods so for example chips or uh, sugar etc if we are uh, taking it little more cutting cutting it down and avoiding it for the moment and letting the craving go by is so mental control plays a very big role in you know coming out of cravings sir not only that everything see some very clear thing is that sankalpa if you do sankalpa that i won't do this one i don't take this one i take only this one that is the first and basic line if you keep those things in a very strict manner then automatically rest will follow if you are having a vulnerability that you are you may just because somebody has offered you some sweets in the midday then you are able to take it and then it is up to you so if you don't want to take you say i have fixed my diet as only two diet per day then i don't consume anything in between then nobody will force you if you follow that trend but many a times what we do is that we don't follow the trend as a discipline what is required so ultimately what we do is whatever it comes in the way we just taste them and enjoy that and at by the end of the day as we are only sitting and doing around the chair and even the computers and all those things ideally then it becomes uh, very awkward by the by few months or years then we will be putting lot of weight and the body is stored with excess fat then blaming on the madurasa and something like that it is you to be get blamed not the madurasa one who has to decide what to eat what not to eat that been broken by the person itself so we cannot blame it on the any madurasa dravya or anything like that it is our uh, will and wish and our decision to consume it so that's why we are when you are unable to expense those things which are stored in the body definitely body bulk will go and even rich cholesterol sugar and everything will, will come into scene having a, a controlled mind is uh, and you know being very disciplined uh, what goes into our mind and also what addictions that we are gathering L- like like you told whatever comes our, comes our way we eat it uh and we start scrolling twitter facebook instagram and uh tiktok in western world uh, has become a big a competitor for facebook in terms of addiction so just keep on scrolling and watch the videos that that are thrown at us and and we in a in a negative way we start enjoying that that negative feeling and It, it it is time for us to have a good control over mind and be strong and uh, be very selective what goes into our mind and also what goes to our mouth as well uh, like swami vivekananda told strength is life and weakness is death but we have become a, a, a sort of slave to the weaknesses nowadays so. definitely that's what i said sankalpa is the first one if you skip those first line then definitely there will be derailment from the track 
So if you are very clear with what you are supposed to do and put the train in the first itself in the right track, then of course there will be no problem. Otherwise, simply whatever it is, somebody is saying that today is my birthday, then also some sweets and something, and then today there is a party in the office, then they enjoyed it and once to go home, then the children they ask it once again, there are some snacks and tea, coffee, and then once again by eight, there is a lamb and dinner and something like that. So going on throwing lot lot of materials and food into the system, what it does, it actually as far as possible, it try to digest it and store it, keeping in the things that it may be required in the future. But until unless we don't utilize them in by physical exercises or training or something like that, if you don't do you burn out the calories, definitely we will be in trouble. That should not be done. So that's a, that's why I said many times don't blame at the sugary things or sugars blame yourself you are the one who can control it you have spoiled it and now you are blaming on the sugar and sugary things don't it won't work out and like the mental control part just uh, just last week a couple of uh, a few days before there was a big shootout in uh, texas one of the schools in texas us where uh, wherein 18 19 year old uh, caught hold of a gun and killed 19 students and two teachers in a shootout and there is a lot of talk regarding uh, the mental control and mental discipline that's coming up and i also heard uh, recently an interview of rajiv tarleja uh, rajiv talreja is a professional business coach and he runs his own uh, thing and all and he says that you know this mental control mental wellness uh, so we became so much addicted to these apps and other other things and we are becoming so much uh, relying our entire lives on this technology and all. So the reverse of that is going to be a trend and probably, uh, you know, I, it is high time that I know Ayurvedic people become, Ayurveda community doctors become very well versed in, uh, you know, mind and psychology and this top, there's a big future there, sir. See, in America and that continent, what they will face in this part of mass shootout and these things, we need to buy straight away the gun culture of that country. See, in India, I cannot readily purchase a gun in the market by paying anything. I don't get the bullets, I don't get the gun so easily, which is restricted. But in America, it is not so. You can straight away buy it from the market with all some legal documents, whatever it required. Anybody can buy any gun. So when such type of gun culture is there, definitely somebody because of various other reasons and has a gun in his hand, then definitely he will go for the Vikruta Avastha and do nonsense. Even though he is uh, having a depression and deviated, and but if there is no gun, he cannot kill so many people. So that they need to understand. But this gun culture is a very big issue in America and it even sometimes uh, throw away the, the political parties. They have uh, something like that in, in India, that reservation is there, no? It's like that. It is untouchable topic there. Nobody, no um, political party will dare to avoid or stop this gun culture in America. That's why there will be continuous shootouts. Uh, and DPG you know, writes, buying a gun is a mental sickness. Politis politicians do not want to do anything to stop gun culture. They deflect the blame to anything else but guns, but the time is, uh, but, but this time it is mental health. Yeah, that, that particular person who killed 19 students was under psychiatric treatment as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean, strange world we are living uh, uh, here. And uh, there's a question. 
and most of the these students who are attending these classes are like uh, young upcoming ayurveda uh, doctors who are in the initial few months so a question related to that has come ideally for an ayurveda student to start i start with ayurveda practice what needs to be the prerequisite to establish a successful practice since ayurveda is a huge science including nadi parikshana prakriti parikshana etc it seems to be challenging enough to the students uh, make uh, those students make try to get into the knowledge when it comes to practical utility fear creeps into the mind sir as a, as an experienced one in this field according to you what are the things uh, the student should take care of so as to dedicate their best in the ayurveda practice fundamentals of ayurveda practice where to start uh, what should, what makes an ayurveda doctor sir see if you want to become a successful ayurveda doctor and to make a name and fame it requires certain prerequisites so one of the important prerequisite is when you study ayurveda in the classes or through gurus or orators you need to study it in a real sense giving all utmost concentration and trying to understand the concepts very clearly means you should have the thorough knowledge of the theoretical theoretical part of it, the subject then comes you should have the practical approach how to handle the patient how to take the history how to analyze the lakshanas what lakshanas are present in this and all those concepts can be learned through gurus in colleges or in institutions or gurukula or whatever it is they are in such type of therapeutical centers through which you need to have a thorough knowledge of practical part of the theory so if you have a strong theory and a practical definitely and of course knowing about the various yogas and their guna rasaguna virapara their falashruti and so many things and their availability when you start practicing independently when a patient comes to you first thing rogamadu parikshetam tadanantaram oshadam that's the thing what you need to do it analyze what the condition is what the presenting complaints are and what basically you come out to with a baseline that whether it is vata pitta kapha or in combination or all the three together whatever it is then how long you suffering from and what are the other lakshanas to inform then keep all these now with you then finalize what drug can be given if you follow these protocols in a peculiar fashion without deviating from this then definitely there will be successful things i'll explain i'll explain you how the people will make you to slip away from the protocol recently i had a patient she had asthma and she required a virachana tamaketu virachana but she doesn't have the number of uh, holidays or leaves so she asked whether can you concise this process they want to have virachana the two classical virachana but it should be concise means you you give me treatment wherein the medicine should be sweet i can't take the bitter principles so such type of things will make you to deviate don't yield to such type of deviations forced by the patients it is the one who has the liberty to choose the drug is the physician he is a right person based on so many parameters he will make the right choice of what drug should be taken so such type of deviation and pushing you to different things and many times some ten um, fellow friends who are already started and they are established 
they are providing something a new new things with new names power ayurveda power yoga something like that then always so many things will force you to deviate from the basics it is just like in the game of cricket what they say stick to the basics so here also stick to the basics if you stick on to the basics of theory as well as practical then that knowledge will definitely help you and guide you to the right path and definitely you will find the success one of the early traps that we ayurveda practitioners get into is like a like scheduling and giving into the preferences of the patient so customer is king that works in some other fields but in an ayurveda setup uh, it should be the vaidya who takes all the decisions and with the convincing powers with the right language with the right word convince the patient and then make him to fall, fall in line and do not go overboard to uh, you know accommodate the patient and uh, ultimately what matters is principles processes and uh, protocols and another point that uh, that I observed is that have a have a case sheet and try to uh, especially for the budding doctors and of course for all the doctors as well having a case sheet and filling up how is the agni how, how is the mala how is the nidra uh, what are the doshas involved so this this kind of methodical approach would help automatically to think uh, do the amshamsha kalpana to break down the disease and also to do the rogi pariksha very uh, very elegantly sir see definitely this is one criteria when you analyze all these things in every disease the very primary uh, concern is acharya is very clearly says mandagni so you need to improve the agni of the patient so try to analyze what sort of agni is having and the agni is influenced by which dosha and which isn't uh, based on that what are the lakshanas are there so based on that you can finalize what type of agni is having and how to improve the, that agni to a right kind of agni so then if first thing is if you improve the agni that agni itself is digested by ama and once that ama is digested automatically many lakshanas will subside then comes the real drug which choice which you are taken and it can be given so that's why many times we always club our um, preparations in um, while prescription either it will be having trikatu churna either it will be having some chiraka ringvasika churna or it is having some aragyavardini vati or something like that so all those things will directly guiding the patient the body to set a right kind of agni first and that will definitely improve the all other factors and another point of pain for new ayurveda doctors is like uh, picking the herbs uh, and picking the right medicines so start ayurveda practice with 10 to 20 to 30 ayurvedic medicines that you already know and study them in detail and you know probable combinations that you can make within them and start with simple line of uh, treatment for easy to treat diseases which you are already uh, comfortable with and who uh, in in your internship etc you have seen such cases so concentrate on that and side by side start improving your improving your armory and you know in, in start studying about more and more herbs more and more medicines and start including more and more uh, more and more medicines into your permutations and combinations when 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 an ayurveda doctor starts he will not be knowing everything on the day one so it's a it's a practice and you know it's a it's a process continuous process of learning sir 
unfortunately that is due to the substandard colleges and the institution from where the people are getting their degrees and coming out if you are coming through a standard and a very comparatively quite number of patients are seen and um, there will be no deviation from the theoretical knowledge and all those things then definitely by the time you come out of uh, college definitely you know much things which can be a basic things for the practice but all those colleges where there are substandard and even practicals are not held and the patients are not there sufficiently they are not observe the patients and even students are also not interested to know about things they enjoyed their college days and now suddenly once they come out then they'll find a problem and they still things that, that that's the reason we need to be very very strict in discipline in utilizing our time during college days enjoyment is a part of it but it should not become the total time we need to have certain time for uh, studies proper studies understanding the concepts clearing those concepts in your mind very clearly and then observing those concepts how it is been applied and the real cases conditions and how the improvement are seen so based on that it is a pratyaksha pramana you will come to know that what exactly happening and it becomes a very clear information for you when you practice independently in future and another way probably to uh, you know fine tune our prescription skills is probably you know once you prescribe maybe go back to the textbooks asangradam charakamita sushasamita and what not and study the disease and also uh, uh, study the disease and analyze what else you could have done better and uh, so that is one way and also Uh, you know vaidya samuha nisamshaya karanam like you have told in many uh, previous episodes uh, put it in whatsapp groups and be open to criticism and be always learning and ask for opinions and be humble enough to take uh, positive advice given by the fellow doctors and incorporate sir definitely so many such groups are there vaidya samuha is there if any case is there and you have done certain uh, basic uh, application or prescription then keep those conditions and uh, information or data from the history and what your diagnosis probable diagnosis and then what is the treatment protocol you are given if you place it on that thing and uh, ask for the seniors to comment or give guidance and definitely if any errors are possible errors are there that can be guided by the seniors and they'll say add these things or avoid these things something like that they give their inputs and definitely that will improve the everybody in the group and their knowledge and their practice skills and another idea for budding at the practitioners is uh, to ask the requested patient to visit back in a shorter period of maybe 2 to 3 weeks only so that if there is any fine tuning is to be done it can be done in the uh, the next visit itself uh, so shorter period in, at least in the initial practice would help to fine tune sir not only initial practice in every case whatever the medicines you give it should not be in the first sitting it should not be more than for 15 days it should be less than 15 days and then that will be very ideal one then by the 15 days time then you will have a, at least some noticeable changes will be there or anything to be added or deleted or increase the dose or radius can be done after that so it's initially it should be at 15 days or below 15 days it should not be more than that one ayurveda practitioner regarding the fear or the courage to do certain treatments and to prescribe certain medicines uh, uh, dr roshi joseph uh, she is my senior in uh, 
I'm from Copa and uh, she, she, she's a PhD professor now. Uh, her father was, uh, her father he is a very senior practitioner and all. And she, she was telling me uh, in, in my Copa days that during younger times, her father would take bigger risks and bigger bets and would prescribe you know, aggressive therapies with a lot of courage. But as he aged, that courage decreased and he went on to, uh, went on to prescribe some safer herbs. So courage is also an important aspect of Ayurveda practice that we have to back our knowledge and and do all things that is necessary to cure uh, give give the best possible cure to the patient, sir. Courage, yeah, I cannot take it as a thing which because see, simply if we have courage, you don't have a backup of knowledge. And what is the use of that courage? That cannot going to help us. Courage, in better terms, we can keep it as we should know. Basically, when we take up the first case, what is the condition of the doshas in the body? What is the ana, agni, and basic line? When you understand this is the thing, and accordingly, we some maybe some laboratory investigations to support our diagnosis or probable correlation things can be done. And once that is done, and the condition is not an emergency one, and is not going to land up in any serious nature of the disease, or it is not further advanced. In such cases. You can courageously use the drugs of your choice based on your judgments. So only in case of emergency type of things which may slip away to the emergency area very sharply or very short time, then the courage is required to handle those type of things. If something goes wrong, how to handle this, how to, what to, the, to be conveyed to the patient's uh, relatives and all those things and uh, regarding the prognosis, what should be told and how to take the consent and uh, what is the methods uh, to be explained and what probably things may happen. The uh, case may in this type of case, that may be a particular case and that maybe chances are 50-50. All these things should be very, you know, at that time you need the courage to explain to the patient relative because patient relatives will be in a traumatized condition, they will be anxious and they will be looking for only the result and their feeling is that we have brought the patient to the doctor and the doctor is seen and medicine is given, then patient should become normal, operate within a few days or few hours. So if it is not happening, definitely they will start asking what is happening, why it is not happening or why the results are not seen. So we need to explain them in the initially what the condition is that and how can we can, how far we can help and what may be the total outcome. If they are convinced, then only we can start the treatment. Otherwise, if it is going to be tougher one and something like that, or maybe causing trouble or may end up in uh, problems, better shift the patient or refer the patient to higher centers where they can people can handle it. So ultimately, I do uh, the practice is all about learning more, having more experience, and backing what we know and. Giving, giving the best to the patients. So with that note, I thank all the uh, participants for their interesting questions. And on behalf of all of our students, thank you very much, Gurada, sir, for an interesting session. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.